You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you teaching this book well why do i want to do that how is this helping kids you know when it, when it came to that, like, why was the last thing we were worried about at that time? We were like, what can we do to combat this head on and try to figure out, you know, how we can try to beat this? You know, so we eventually started asking why. And we found out that a lot of this had to do with this syndrome. It's a genetic mutation. It's chromosomal that, you know, puts me at a higher risk of getting cancer. And then I had a 50-50 chance of passing it on to my children, the same chromosomal mutation. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about? Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 242. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. So we survived the COVID. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had it or not. I mean, you technically tested negative like three times, but you they sure were all had home tests. all the same symptoms that Brian had who I, tested positive. So. so I don't know. Go figure. Got me, man. I don't know anymore, but I do know my symptoms were very mild and so were his. So thank God we were vaccinated and boosted. Absolutely. And (sighs) I am still dancing between the raindrops. Yeah, you are. So, so that's keep dancing. I, you know, me and dance, Tom, dance. My love of dancing (laughs) went to the Caddyshack Gopher School of Dance. You did. I'm all like, got the overbite. Yeah, that's that's your move. That's my that's my move. Yeah. That's that's my and whole... that's your speed too. It doesn't matter what the music's Correct. doing. That is always the speed. Yes, because I am an artist, and so I don't let the music dictate the moves. Why would you? It comes from my soul, right? Yeah, yeah. And we all know I don't have one. So, <laughs> what pray tell do you have in store for people this week? Oh yeah, um... <laughs> <laughs> surprise! I'm going to ask you that thing I ask you every week. That's fair. Well, um. <laughs> It might have, uh, you know, 
it might have stood out to some people <laughs> that we have some topics to discuss about Peloton kind of hitting the shitter this week. <laughs> it's been, it, I mean, they've had some rough weeks, but like, yeah, there's there's some rough news out there. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to dig into that hard and we're going to talk about it with John. We're going to talk about the upcoming revenue like the earnings call that's coming mm-hmm. up pretty soon and uh, dr jen is not able to visit this week so we are dr jenless for one week she'll be this back next she week will, she will return and we are getting a visit from angelo though and uh, we had a couple of people that wrote in specifically talking about discipline and staying on track so we're going to talk about that and then we have some instructor covid news we got to talk through and then uh, the instructors have been everywhere so we're going to talk about that and then of course we have a ton of little details well in case you missed it things we're going to hit as well awesome well before we get to all that shameless plugs don't forget we're available on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast you can find us while you're there be sure and leave a review if you would be so kind that helps for the people that come along after you uh we have a new review oh yay this is from Titanium Foot. Oh, so I know this person. I can't remember. I cannot put the name with the leaderboard name, but I know this. I'm thinking know they this. don't sneak up on a lot of people. That's fair. You hear the, the Titanium Foot coming at you. And maybe they wear shoes. Okay. I uh, I got my bike in early 2018, but didn't start listening regularly until about a year ago. I love my Friday morning commute to hear all things Peloton. Crystal and Tom have infectious chemistry. I enjoy listening in. And thanks to Tom, I've learned a few things about <laughs> pop culture, too. <laughs> I can't help myself. You cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a post on the FB page, which mentioned some of the prior guests. And since then, I've gone back and I'm listening from the beginning. It's so interesting. I know that's a lot. That's we used to get a lot of those back when there was like 40 or 50 episodes. But now that there's like almost 250, five years worth. That's a lot. It's so interesting to hear how so much has changed. And yet nothing has changed at the same time. (laughs) Amen. The The instructor interviews are certainly worth a listen. And hey, if this. If this New Yorker can get past the mispronunciation at the beginning, so can you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, if you would like to leave a review, we would love to read it. And also you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group and sign up for our newsletter at the and you'll get all these things emailed to you, all the links and whatnot. So you don't got to go hunting for them. And of course, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the clip out uh, where you you can watch all of these episodes uh, in case you're, I don't know, you want to do it at work when nobody's paying attention to you. So there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? Yes, let's. Breaking news. So it has been a crazy, well, week, but even crazier last 12 hours with Peloton. <laughs> so story <laughs> broke today that they were halting production all production on bikes and treads for, for two months for at least two months so we record a segment about that <laughs> and then we have to re-record it because then john foley sends out an email to all peloton employees and then later they press release it posted on the website saying that like hey surprise that's bullshit yeah, it turns out that uh, there's been a leaker that has been leaking all this content that's been coming out the last couple of days. And as John Foley put it, it was out of context and therefore not true. So he said that they are right sizing production, not halting all production. So it sounds like we're still going to see layoffs, unfortunately. And it sounds like they're going to be doing that very compassionately, as Peloton tends to do. And it also sounds like they're going to be halting the production plant that 
that you're going to hear us talk about in the next segment. So that's going to be instead of 2023, it's going to be 2024. But besides that, we don't know what right sizing production means. Right. And you had an interesting theory when we were talking earlier that you think because in Foley's email, he says that things have been leaked and, and shared out of context. And you were hypothesizing that they misinterpreted the ceasing on that plant to mean ceasing on everything yeah and and leaked incorrect information and then created a shit storm yes for they did today. yeah and uh so i don't know if that's true like tom said sure. it was just a, a hypothesis but it is interesting to think about and i think regardless it means that one way or another pr- some production has been halted but not all and we need to remember that with with people that are going to be laid off there's going to be a still a lot of people upset and concerned and confused and the headlines have confused a lot of people Apparently, legal action is being taken against the person who has been leaking this information. Hopefully not against the people that get the leaks. I couldn't give him any ideas. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, none of that those leaks went yeah, to us. Yeah, that is so. true. The, yeah. <laughs> the big destructive stuff doesn't go to us. Right. So, uh, <laughs> Perhaps they, that's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing that was interesting is that, you know, Peloton is in a quiet period right now, which means that they're limited in the information they can share. So they also issued a pre-earnings press release earlier tonight, which had preliminary Q2 results. And I feel like it's very interesting in that all of the numbers are in line with what guidance was at the end of the call last time. So so they basically they called their shot and they hit it. Yeah. And yeah. so later you're going to hear John and Tom and I talking about the fact that we think that, that some of the changes we're seeing have to do with profitability goals of 2023. And I still think that. And in fact, I think the fact that we don't we see right sizing of production, we do see changes in how much they're spending and the quarterly earnings came in right where they said they would be. That all tells me and signals to me things are not nearly as dire as things have been made to sound in the last 48 hours. And things and uh, the stock was actually ticking back up in pre-market trading after like market after trading. hour trading. What? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was actually up 27%, which yeah. isn't much. It was a couple bucks, but <laughs> especially, yeah, consider how far it dropped. But the people that that pay attention to this stuff, we're starting to come back around a little bit. Yeah. You know, and you know, I think another, another interesting thing to point out from that earnings report is that their churn was 0.79%. So something that seems to be getting lost in this narrative, right? Everybody's caught up in the world of squawk box and mad money and everybody wants to be Jim Cramer, which I don't know why, because he's wrong so much. <laughs> but uh, I think people are losing sight of the fact that people still fucking love their bike. Yeah. Like 0.79% churn. The people that have a bike love it and have a tread they love it and so lost in all this like getting off in the weeds of the business aspect of what's going on with peloton what has been lost is that the end user that is purchasing this product and utilizing this product they love it and they continue to love it and they continue to use it and they're not giving it up it's not like everyone suddenly pushed their peloton to the curb and called their trash provider for big pickup day right and so that in terms of long-term projection to me ultimately is the most important metric is do the people who own it dig it 
And the answer continues to be yes. Yes. So moral of this story is everyone needs to calm the F down (laughs) and uh, let's just see what happens. Let's just let it play out. It's going to be okay. I'm sorry to everyone who will be affected by this, though, at Peloton. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So anyway, there's our insert for this episode. Uh, This was all recorded after what you're about to hear. Yes. So uh, if you hear us referencing stuff and it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. It's That's be- because we're it's because none of it had happened yeah. yet. So yeah. don't add me. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's all that. We now return you to your regular clip out programming already in progress. Run, lift and live with John Mills. Joining us today via the magic of Zoom tube. It's John Mills from Run, Lift and Live. Hey, John, how's it going? It's going. It's happening. Okay, I am. Go. I'm surprised. Like I did not see that energy coming in today because, yeah. man, it's been a rough week for Peloton, John. It's been a rough week. Yeah. This is one yeah, of the worst. You know, yeah. No, I, I just look forward to the. To, you know, this. You know, <laughs> I've been balled up in the corner for most of the day. Yeah. I okay. And I That's got fair. A, And you know, and and I I brushed my teeth and brushed my hair just for this. Now, do you do you like change out of like quote unquote work clothes just for this call? Do you like? Do you have to change? Well, yeah. I, well, just a shirt. Yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. I didn't know if it was yeah. like you woke up on Wednesday and you were like, oh, it's Wednesday. I'm going to put my grandpa shark shirt on. He wears the baby shark shirts with us. When he's working, he wears a grown up shark shirt. <laughs> I've got like a whole change of clothes in my office now at home. That's... Because, you know, you might have to take a call yeah. with certain people. Then I got to put on like dress shirt. Yeah. And then it's other people. And I don't have to be all formal. Then I put on the hoodie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's Eric smart. Is not liking that. Because now I have like dirty clothes in another room. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Dish. That's I that's like fair. I, I feel that about Erica. <laughs> I, I can understand where she's coming from on that. Yeah, she don't like that. <laughs> We're going to have to get you a little hamper in there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she don't like it. So I guess let's start with the beginning of the week, which uh, was reported shortly after I think our episode came out last week, which was that the Peloton has been dropped from the NASDAQ 100. Yeah. So that's like an index to kind of gauge how NASDAQ overall is doing, and they are no longer deemed indicative of what's happening in the market. Place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's that all was kind of logical to me. I mean, I get that it was news. Sure. I get yeah, it. I'm yeah, not totally. trying to demean that it's news, but it, it but I kind of was like, I mean, NASDAQ 100, I mean, it's like Apple and Tesla and Google, right? We're and not at that now level you, right now. You know, these aren't little companies. You know, these are large stock. But I mean, know, Peloton's uh, not little stocks. anymore. Peloton's big. Well, well you know, lar- <laughs> large cap at stocks the moment. Are like, yeah. <laughs> 10 billion and above okay. and and they were descending really quickly. Yeah. And now they're under that benchmark. So they clearly don't align to NASDAQ 100. So, I mean, I kind of I kind of thought that made sense. They shouldn't be there. It wasn't shocking. I agree with you, but it was sad. And it yes. felt like a spotlight being shown in the future, like it was like indicative yeah. of things that are to come is what, especially as I look back over the last seven days, because then what happened next, Tom? <laughs> What's next on the agenda? <laughs> Peloton hires McKinsey <laughs> to review cost structure and oh. cut jobs <sighs> and closed doors. Yeah, I mean, this makes sense to me, too. I guess it. OK, 
both of these things made sense, but they were both sad. Right. To your point, Crystal. But this made sense to me, too. Right. And McKenzie's like a firm that kind of helps you structure your management strategy. Right. Right. Like that. They do stuff like that. Right. As, as I understand it. Like, no, that's and exactly we've been right. complaining for a while about what are these decisions? Who's making these decisions? How? What is that? I know, that right? So, so can I, so can I just sense, say right? people confuse me? Because on the one hand, everyone's like, all the management needs to go. That's how everyone talks. They <laughs> need to do something. That's, that's how they talk. But not that. That's the everyone, that's the everyone voice. It yeah. is. It is. When I read it on Facebook, they all sound like that, regardless of who types it. And then, and then like, they're like, okay, Peloton's like, you know what? You're right. Let's bring in a consultant and have them review like what we should do. And they're like, how dare they spend this money? To have a review about what should be done. Or it's like I love the everyone voice. Yeah. Or that. it's like, ha, see, told you they're failing. And it's like, so if they if they address the issues, they're in trouble. And if they don't address the issues, they're not in trouble. It's just like oh, my favorite, my favorite is, yeah, I told you they were too woke. That's what happens. Take that. Peloton, like, come on, yes, yes. Oh every company that's struggling right I'm, now is also I'm too. The everyone voice, right? that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it kind of um, took on a different tone that time. I'm not sure what happened. A that, little bit, but oh, I liked it. it okay, good. okay. Thanks. But you're right. That one's getting me too. Like, we'll start talking, and all of a sudden, it turns into. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah, they wanted to be all woke. Yeah, that one gets me. Yeah, that one. I keep getting that one on my threads. <sighs> you know, I. But- I <laughs> All, all I can say about this is I think that it's they have to do something yeah. to to move forward. And I th- I think, John, you were, you and I were talking kind of off air messaging and you brought up the fact mm-hmm. that you felt like there's a lot of things that have happened recently that kind of point to this. It's kind of like showing that this has been kind of going on in the background. And right. I feel yeah. like I feel like not only is that true, but I feel like Peloton they're reacting and they're they're quietly trying to just keep their head down and do what right. needs to be done. Because regardless of how we got here or who you blame or who's at fault, we're here. So something right. has to change because their goal of being profitable in 2023 is looming. And right. a year is not that much time. So they got to. And it's swift. not even a year, right? They said well, they were going to be profitable in fiscal 2023. That's July. So I mean, well, so that's a good point. I I guess I was looking at it for the full twelve months because they said fiscal twenty twenty three. They didn't say first quarter. We know how they delivered that tread to you. Damn right. When it was like (laughs) in the fall, the fall, and it was like, and and you got it on like December twentieth. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. I'm still a little salty over that. Technically, that's the fall. So we know. I guess I mean. We know the game they like to play. So they technically have until July of 2024 or the end of June 30th, 2024 to become profitable. But still, no matter how you slice that, it's not that much time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm thinking, as you were saying earlier, like, you're right. We kind of saw all this stuff. I mean, we we, in the earnings call in November and and they kind of hit us with what was going on and they had to, you know, bring down their guidance. And before that, with the dropping of the bike price. And I mean, I think we've kind of been seeing all the signs of this. We just weren't I mean, it just wasn't enough for us, you know, to collectively go, aha. But I think we've been seeing all this for a while. And like you said, to the point that they said they were going to be profitable in fiscal 2023, all these things that I think we've been seeing happen this week are all 
related to that goal. I think that's why all these things are happening now that they've brought back the delivery fees and they're talking about raising the cost of these products um, internationally. Yes, yes. I think this is all related to that goal of profitable in 2023. I also I think-, think that that whole we're not seeing as many posts on Instagram, Facebook, and we're, I, I keep picking things up on LinkedIn that aren't on Facebook or Instagram or MLK Day comes by and we don't get all the instructors posting and the company posting like they had previously done in previous years. It's kind of quiet. Like I see all that as relating to it's like that, those are indications that they're like, like, we got to do something. We're fixing something right now. Heads down. Everybody's head down, you know? Yeah. And and I think it's also like they don't want to be seen as celebrating or as not taking this seriously. I, I don't think yeah. that they would be celebrating MLK Day. I don't mean it like that. I just mean that, like, I think that they don't want to be perceived as like in a in this like fun light or this like party light right now they want to be seen as right. like solemn and taking it seriously and i think that also their entire social media strategy has changed because it's yeah. not just that they're not posting those things what they've been posting is totally different like now it's like ooh, right. we have a thing for you to do now it's like there's these little like right. to do's every day and i don't know yeah. some days i like them and some days i'm like what are we doing like i, I haven't quite I get the one last week about you know if you're cursing at our instructors uh <laughs> then and they had a bar of soap like i mean i got get it that if you're cursing your mom might have put soap in your mouth but didn't they stop doing that in like 1982 or something like also people still do that i thought it was a weird thing too because the instructors the instructors cuss so like what are you are you gonna put a like a bar of soap in jen sherman's mouth because i'd like to see you try (laughs) right i mean i think i think my mom did that to me once i got it was literally literally like it was literally like 1975 yeah i mean <laughs> I I don't know when it officially stopped because we're in the Midwest. Everything takes longer here, but, right? But well, I can't. I kept going. I kept going. <laughs> exactly. I know I got threatened with that a lot though when I was a kid, but I don't. I don't remember it ever happening. So either I blocked it out or I slid through. And I've always been a rule follower. That post was successful though because we got a lot of laughs out of it. So we did. It was a good post. I mean, if you're talking about it, it's successful because yeah. they just want the yeah, interaction. On some degree, to some degree, I suppose. I I think it's interesting <laughs> with them reintroducing the the fees on the bike and Me people kind of going crazy about that because I'm just like yeah. anyone who pays attention to Peloton enough to recognize the change, they already have their bike mm-hmm. or tread, mm-hmm. and so they're not going to be yeah. making paying those fees because they're good you got your equipment and so the only people that are really affected by this are the for the most part people that that never really knew it was like that in the first place and you know another thing that's really weird to me is it used to be like that like if you want to go back in time and you want to talk about like what's unfair i paid like way more than that for my first bike because i had to pay for delivery fee i had to pay for a delivery fee for my tread like only the people in however long it's been john you you thought it might be about a year or so that's how long people haven't had to pay and i think they did that as like let's test the water to lower the price and see if that gets us more people but it was also right in the middle of the pandemic so it wasn't a real number and then and then they were like let's go ahead and take it down all the way and well we know how that turned out so i don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it sound like it is now you brought up an excellent point john the price is being raised in other countries that is a different story right yeah and 
I'm interested, in, but I think it's a similar thing to what you guys are saying though. Like if a new person's coming in to buy a bike, I don't know how much that deters them. I'm not sure, you know, in these other countries. So, you know, maybe it's all good there as well. I don't know. I don't either. You know, you know what's also interesting to me about this whole McKinsey thing is I saw them, they put some numbers in there and they said that late 2020, Peloton had 3,200 employees and then late 2021, they had near, almost 7,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was double. Yeah. So when you when they start talking about, you know, executives are talking about, you know, cutting sales and marketing staff by 41 percent and and all these things, I start to think about like all the moves they made during this pandemic kind of era that just bloated them mm -hmm. like. You know, maybe well, there's pre-core, there's there's right. the new there's the new lines, there's all the new new research, there's new instructors, right. there's new. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And can I say also on that note that you asked at one point where the 41 percent number comes from? My theory yeah. is it's to get it back to pre-pandemic levels to match what the Ooh. stock price is. So that would kind of make sense, right? If it's if it's that getting rid sense. of almost double of I mean, it's getting rid of almost half the workforce. That's because they've doubled in the last year. So now. Now it's like, well, let's take yeah. it back down. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That yeah, does I, make sense. yeah, I, 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 I had no clue what it was. I kind of I was like, that's like a random number. What do they get? Where do they get that from? But yeah, that that adds up. Maybe that's what it is. I'm wondering, do they really need all the stores? Like, I know that they're talking about closing some stores. And I think there was a period of time where it was like people wanted to be able to test the bike. But I think I feel like the bikes gotten to the point, maybe not that obviously not the tread, but the bike has to where. If you want a bike and you want to try it first, like it seems highly unlikely that you don't know someone where you could right. go sample it, you know, like right. just come over to their mm -hmm. house if it but came to that. But not necessarily the tread. But I said not the tread. Sorry. Yeah. I, was, I zoned out for a second. I literally prefaced my <laughs> statement with, but not the tread. Whoopsie. But, it's, it's a Tom moment. It was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I just, you know, so I wonder if maybe that's driving it too of just like, well, you know, and I'm not saying they're going to close every single mm. store or that they should, yeah. but like, yeah, but maybe they don't need, what what were they up to? Store? It was 123. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a lot. It is a lot. And they yeah. grew really fast. And I remember even talking at the time, like, yikes, because it wasn't that long ago. It was 65 stores and then COVID hit, right. which, which didn't help because there were months that they couldn't sell anything with right. all those stores they had right. just opened. So yeah, I guess 15 stores and i know this is in a different article 15 stores are are on the quote-unquote cut line oof oof that seems that light hurt. to me that like, hurt I, my like heart. And, and i feel bad for the people right. in the stores like i'm not trying to be mean or callous but like but that seems like that number should honestly maybe even be higher do people i mean i know i do because i'm trying to support my local showroom but i am right with you on that like are people really going i'm gonna go out to the showroom to buy the bike. I'm right with you with that. Aren't they probably tried it out at a friend's house or somewhere else? And they're probably just ordering online or just doing like I did. I just bought it sight unseen. I just yeah. bought it. That's what I like, do. So I, I call. I call and get it. Like I, I call and yeah. order it from the store because because I don't want to go to the store. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I'm. It's it's not quick. It's not convenient. So I feel bad, but I want them to get their credit. So I still order from them. But well, I still right. That's what I do. But I don't think most people think like that. Like I, don't I and I like I do wonder how much of the store traffic is really just people who already like Peloton going to the store and maybe they buy a shirt or whatever. But like I feel like most of the chatter I see about stores are people 
that already have Peloton talking about going to the store for some reason. Now, that being said, that's not necessarily a fair paradigm in which to judge it because the people that don't have a bike yet I'm not going to see those conversations, right? So they're right. So it's it's kind of a, a false dichotomy, but it's hard not to wonder how important yeah. the stores really are. I I would agree. I, I remember back in 2018, I was I was down in Florida, and i I went to I went to one of the showrooms at a mall. But I don't remember which what city I was in, Boca Raton, or I don't remember where it was at. But um, we were in the mall. And we went in and asked if we could do a ride. And Alex had a ride going that that at that time. They were like, yeah, sure. And we thought me and Erica got on the bikes in the showroom and we're riding and people were just coming up to us, asking us, do we work there? What is that, how does that bike work? Like as if we were salespeople, what we were truly just, you know, these fanatics of Peloton just enjoying a ride at the showroom, you know, but it wasn't an actual, you know, it was one of those standups that they put in the middle of the mall. Like yeah, pop-ups. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that dynamic is, you know, the pandemic killed that. Yeah, it did. I mean, that yeah. had to have been a helpful kind of component Absolutely. Absolutely. to who they were, right? Yeah, because now it wasn't that long ago we were in our store and I asked about coming in for a ride and they were like, oh, you can't. And you ha- if you have a bike, you can't ride here. Like you can only ride right? here if you're a new if you're new and I get it because they're trying to limit it from a COVID perspective and there's there's right. only so many sp- spaces open to be able to do that. So, like, I don't begrudge that decision, right. but it has right. absolutely changed the vibe and what we did. Right. Yeah, totally. Which also lessens the overall value of the retail locations. Like, again, through yeah. no fault of the retail right. locations, but it's just the reality of the situation. But uh, so then in the middle of. All that leaked audio comes out, kind of backing it up. I'm sure they were very excited about their leaked audio. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Who it's, is like sharing Slack messages? And I mean, I think the real question it, here, John, not it, is who is sharing them, but why aren't they sharing them with us? Yeah. Why did? Why, <laughs> come on, man or woman. Why didn't you what send that to up? me? You could have said you it's know? a Business Insider too. Yeah. Like I would have been cool I mean, with that. I, I don't mean. need an exclusive. Um, no. But in all seriousness, it's clearly people that are not i mean there's so many people that are like gunning for peloton right now that it's if if you are a disgruntled employee there's a lot to talk about like there's a lot whether whether you're right wrong or otherwise there's a lot to talk about how can you not be worried about this if you're an employee yeah on any level is this normal though i mean it it probably is normal yeah i've been through this a big company that has like a lot of like popularity i work for these big companies that have had like crisis but they weren't all popular like this. And I never had, and where news people would ask you questions, but I never had where like people actually said stuff and it just showed up. But again, I so never worked for a company like this. I worked for a company so, last year that I cannot say the name of. And also it was not popular. And so right in the middle of COVID, this particular place had a lot of customer service reps and uh, their response to COVID was tough. And so you had all these people in these shared spaces and they just kept them there and um, they were coming in different shifts. You never had the same workplace. You didn't have your own area. It wasn't clean. They weren't doing it was everywhere. Like if you Googled the name of that company and COVID, it was everywhere and there were articles by business insider requesting for employees to reach out to them yeah like it was it's a thing business insider has it always been like like the tmz 
of the business world. I didn't know this. I mean, I don't know if they've always been that way, but it's kind of in their yeah. name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right about that. I have really pieced the two things together. But you, you're right. That's a good point. It's like, yeah. when you spell it out for me, like, <laughs> you fair enough. Like it out. I, now it all makes yeah. sense. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I was listening to, reading some of that stuff is wild. Like the, the stuff I, I didn't get to listen hearing. to it, John. Enlighten me. Well, I didn't listen to it. I'm just reading from the text of what they transcribed from it, right? I didn't do that either. When they talked, <laughs> well, they talk. They talk to an employee, and the employee's like, "Yeah, morale is at an all-time low, and everybody is afraid that they're going to be the one that gets cut." And it felt so depressing. It makes me wonder, like, the inner workings at Peloton today. Like, what is that? I think that's why their head is down. I think I think you just hit the nail on the head. Also, like the juxtaposition, if you're if you've been an employee of Peloton for a while. Right. Right. In terms of like morale is at an all time low. It's like, okay, well, before you were basically working like at Atari circa 1981. You know what I mean? Where it was (laughs) like you got to cut it. Yeah. yeah, Like you would go to the bathroom and you could wipe with hundred dollar bills. Right. Like I mean, they were on top of the world. Like (laughs) for real. Like I don't think you could have gone higher in the fitness industry. So. So like now it's like this is going to be a rough patch. I do think that they'll, they'll. They'll navigate it and as painful as some of these moves are. And I, and I do feel bad for the people that are no doubt going to lose their jobs, whether it's 41 percent or not. It's certainly right. going to be something. Yeah. And yeah, but I, I do think ultimately it's probably something that they need to do. And I know that's easy to say when it's not your job on the chopping block. So, again, I don't mean to be callous, but no, but I do think that that maybe it, they do need to, to pare back down. But it's got to be a little bit of whiplash if you've been there for the full run well and it's going to feel more hurtful than like your average job like the job that i was talking about that i was at last year like it was never right it was never i mean what my top was was probably peloton's low right now like uh, always (laughs) like i'm not even joking it was like everybody was miserable all the time and so so like when you're comparing subjectively that high to low it's gonna hurt a lot more to go from where they were to now than the average yeah location the average company that that makes sense i you know another thing that was interesting about this and what they kind of describe in here they're saying 41 percent of sales and marketing so in my group i post this video from 1995 where steve jobs is talking about the dissension of xerox and the reasoning behind that and he talks about how they had a monopoly and so because of that you know how do you progress when you have a monopoly you kind of your sales and marketing people create more sales so then the sales and marketing people became the more powerful kind of folks they got all the promotions and then the product people got pushed out and so then there was less product innovation and then other companies came around and kind of overtook them and so he's kind of describing this paradigm And so then when I read this, that they're starting with sales and marketing, it instantly, my mind instantly tied to that Steve Jobs 1995 interview. It's like, well, am I reading into this that Peloton is thinking something similar or am I I taking that way too far? I I think. Right. So it's hard to say, right? Because there's other factors at play. Because don't forget that they didn't start there. We way back in yeah. November, they they cut the commissions of the sales all the all of the showrooms, right? 
And right. then then whenever the first articles came out this week, it was it was the retail stores and and then it was the retail lines. And now it's sales and marketing. So I don't know which I don't know. I yeah. don't know where it is or how much. But I will also say when you have people keep saying, like, it's all the executives fault. It's all the the top level. And I, I don't know that I agree with that because when you, I don't think it should. How do I say this? The people at the very top. I mean, I've watched this play out in companies. They they get kind of protected from bad news. Yeah. Middle managers yeah. are actually like really like they're so scared and protective of their people at, in the cultures. This is typical culture. I'm not saying this happens at Peloton. I've never worked there. Yeah, yeah. But typical cultures, pe- middle managers tend to be very scared of of going to the top with real problems and really discussing things and digging in deep. And because yep. of that, the top level hears things in this like even when it's really bad news, it's this rosy version of really yeah. bad news. So yeah. In my opinion, it might be more that the middle management needs to go, not the top. And I know that mm, some people nothing. are going to have to go just because there's not enough money to, for everybody to go around. But but I think that that's something to consider. That's an interesting perspective, and, but it makes a lot of sense. I, I hear you. I've seen that before, that same paradigm. So, yeah, maybe it's closer to that. I don't know. I did find that whole connection kind of interesting it is it is interesting regardless yeah (laughs) it's very whether whether you're dead on or you're not i have no idea time will play out right but either way i just say stuff no 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 you make really no literally in my group i just i just pose (laughs) questions i could be way out in left field well i think that you make really good connections (laughs) to things so well here's my new suggestion change the price of the bike yeah to four hundred million dollars. Oh, that'll do it. And then, if you sell like two of them, good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're golden. You're golden. Yeah. You know, done. Yeah. So that's right. That's you're welcome, Peloton. I've that's solved all your right problems. There. And I, I also just want to say, for all the people out there being experts at home, <laughs> and I've right. seen a lot of people be experts <laughs> this week. I would just like to say that. I really doubt that we can judge accurately who's who's in the right and who's in the wrong because we're not there. And I feel like people are yeah. being really cruel across the board. And it's it's been really sad to watch people that I have respected in the past that like have no idea what's going on there and who I know for yeah. a fact have had their own issues in their own career, like just yeah. say just terrible things about the leadership. And I know for a fact that the leadership has genuine good meaning whether they're right or wrong they mean well and it hurts my it hurts my heart it really does yeah well i mean we we were early on and you know you and i and we we met a lot of these people and we got to know them and you know you you care for these people you you see them i I was seeing some of these people every week for a while i mean so i mean you genuinely care about these people so yeah and you kind of feel as though you kind of know their heart so i i'm with you it kind of hurts in my, in my mind as well to see kind of this and have this concept that the inner workings there, there's this morale thing and what they may be struggling through. It, yeah, yeah, the schadenfreude bandwagon is real. It is. And uh, speaking of, <laughs> our final story for this segment, uh, 
just a little, I don't know, hit piece from CNBC about Peloton insiders selling their stock before the big drop. And it's like, well, they didn't. I mean, for the most part, from what best I could tell, it's not like they sold it like 45 minutes. It says before they the big sold drop. it in the fall of 2020. That was a year yeah. ago. A year. A like, year. <laughs> like the headlines makes it sound really sleazy. It and does. when you actually like read the details, because people do that. Right. You know, <laughs> you know? it's just like. Like, no, because I, I remember when Foley unloaded a bunch of stock and I, I want to say it right. was like around 100 bucks a share at the time. It wasn't like when right. it got to 170 and he was like, OK, let's let I'm going to sell all my stock. Now it's 170 and I'm going to institute O'Keefe's idea about a 400 million dollar bike and I'm out. <laughs> well, you know, you know, what's funny <laughs> about out. that is we even covered it on the show because it was it was news then. But mm-hmm. it was it was positive news then. It was just right. a little blip right. and yeah. nobody paid attention to it. And we talked about it on the show because I wanted to put it in the record that like see there's nothing crazy right. going on here they, yeah. they clearly had some like like a number set up that when it gets to a certain number go ahead and sell right you know oh yeah it's a scheduled thing it's not like somebody just woke up one day and said that and but though that's another component I just saw this as like information that it's like it's like business insider like you could piece some things together and you could derive something that's a story and I kind of you know I mean I kind of saw this as Similar, like something that you could derive as a story that I don't know if it's much of a story. I you agree. Know what I, mean? I agree. It's not. It's not. It's uh, I, uh, like Tom said, it's the the Schadenfreude bandwagon. And yeah. it, there's just a lot of people yeah. on it right now. And, it, and, and it's just as a person who's watched a lot of history with Peloton. And I know you guys are right there with me. It's hard to watch. It's hard yeah, because it I don't I don't think that the things that have happened have been like. People just sitting there uh, in upper management like, ooh, let's see how we can screw it up. Yeah. yeah. Let's hire a bunch <laughs> right. of people so we can right. fire them. Yeah. <laughs> like there is none right. of that happening, in my opinion. And it just. Right. I mean, but then people tell me, you know, well, you don't work there. That's true. I mean, I've met mm-hmm. these people and I, I get a good feeling from people and I don't right. believe that. But you believe what you want to believe. Yeah. So. Uh, well. It will be uh, interesting to watch how it plays out. It will also be interesting to see if if it works, right? Like if if it's this gonna work. writes the ship. It, I mean, they grew too fast. They got to contract. I believe that they will they will get it in line, and I believe it will take a while. I think by this time next year, we're going to be like, okay, we can all breathe now. Right. You got all that out of your system. You know, it's like a teenager. You got to pull them back right. in, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of all it, it lost in it is, you know, I think they, you know, gained like some just under 200,000 new connected fitness subscribers last quarter. And I mean, like that ain't nothing to sneeze at. And then and then they had nearly I know I know they kind of burned through a lot of cash quickly, but they still had like just under a billion in cash i mean like you lose all that when you're you're getting all this totally hitting you yeah you kind of lose yeah people forget that it's not like and i've said this before it's not like people have wheeled their bikes out to the corner for the trash man to come pick them up right like it's like they still have (laughs) the most popular fitness instructors they still have equipment people love they still have all these subscribers like right you know like it's 
still an enormously popular product. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't think I don't think their day is over. I don't yeah. think the instructors are going anywhere, which is another big thing that I've seen. Like the sky is yeah. falling. Yeah, I don't think the instructors I don't are gonna that. go to where? Yeah, right. Oh, are they right. gonna go to Echelon? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, are they going to Apple Fitness? Are they gonna go to, to body and sell nutrition and dance on Instagram instead of actually teaching something? Like, I don't think so. They're yeah. they're gonna be here. And I'm not saying I no instructor not. will leave for good reason. I mean, everybody has things sure. that come up, but they're under contra- contract, number one. And <laughs> and there isn't a competitor that's that's at the same level in terms of exposure for an instructor. This is the top tier. And, and right. it's not even a close call. Facts. There's no Coke to this Pepsi. Yet. It's yeah. like you might have an RC Cola, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I could see an instructor leaving is if they get like an amazing entertainment deal. Like, I don't think Cody's headed anywhere. I'm just using him as an example. If some amazing entertainment thing popped up as a result of his dancing with the stars. Yeah, we want you to host entertainment tonight. There you go. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, Yeah, I don't see that happening either. I hope not. I hope not either. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Until next week, where can people find you? They can find me in my Facebook page or group, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on the Tickety Talk, Run, Lift, and Live. Or they can find me at runliftandlive.com. That's my favorite, Tickety Talk. <laughs> <laughs> the Tickety Talk. <laughs> Bye, John. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It is the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. 
for your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30 30- day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Peloton in the news. We should also point out that the earnings call has been set for Tuesday, February 8th. Apparently, they don't even get to do Thursdays anymore. They've been downgraded to Tuesdays. Oh, no. I mean, I'm glad. It works out so much it's better so for much our schedule. It's so much easier for thank our you. schedule. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because I think we're going to get some insight either it, way. This will be an interesting call. I'm sure Foley can't wait to be on the other side of this event. <laughs> like, that has to be... I, I feel like, you know how sometimes he shows up and he just kind of looks real tired? Yeah. I think this is going to be one of those times. I bet. I think he's going to, I think it's not going to be his like uh, most awake moment. I think he's going to look a little gray and haggard and I, I feel bad. I don't blame him. Mm-mm. And then moving on to more mundane Peloton news. I uh, love this one. I think this is my favorite story this week. The Spokesman Review giving you all the news that's fit to print for Spokane. Very excited because Spokane joins the exotic list of exclusive Peloton trail rides. Yes! I love it. I do too. And I especially, I'm like jealous of them because look at their beautiful scenic trail. What did we get in St. Louis? Murder Bridge. Yeah, we got Murder Bridge. We got the Murder Bridge. Like nobody wants yeah. to see the Murder Bridge. Yeah. Like what, what, there's so and many. And it's like, look, like we, we bag on St. Louis a lot. We make a lot of jokes at the expense of St. Louis. Many of them deserve, but, but there are beautiful, beautiful. areas. Like <laughs> you didn't need to come do a scenic ride on the murder bridge right like, there's a lot of places you could have picked yeah so i'm totally i i love this article because i love how happy and proud they are that it made the freaking newspaper yeah that's amazing i that's guess fun. spokane hats off for i guess you don't have a murder bridge i mean or, or hey maybe their outdoors is just pretty enough yeah. they distracted from their murder bridge i don't maybe know they could have done with like in st louis like instead of murder bridge you have like Assault bridge That could be Right yeah, They could have done yeah, that That's they, true They could have went to a Bad check highway <laughs> Right <laughs> Right like They, they could have right? done something there We have all sorts of Lots Of, of, of nice places that aren't murder bridge mm-hmm. Just saying That's true Afrotech.com uh, has a nice article about uh, how Creativity is the cheat code How Peloton employers its teams To make things up Shake things Shake up. Shake things up. Not Sorry. make things up. I have, I have. <laughs> so I have a center cam on my, on my, and it's right over the S and the H. And I was like, take things up. Oh. No, that sounds a little dirty. I don't think they're encouraging them to do that. Uh, I, uh, I, I think they're they're shaking things up. Okay, that's and, much better. And they give they give examples about how the instructors are able to say fun things on the rides and how then like whenever they do partnerships with different artists collaborations that they have lots of creativity there and uh, I totally agree with all that and it's funny this is one of the 
articles that John was talking about that was found only on LinkedIn. Peloton yeah. did not post this anywhere, but I found it in all my normal spots because um, I don't I don't go to Facebook to find it. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I also thought it was interesting that this is I feel like I feel like they're trying to to send a message, but they're trying to send it very like subtly. So, yeah, agreed that it's more targeted. Mm hmm. Then the Peloton blog has a nice post this week. How to develop an instructor's mindset? Yeah, so I I don't I haven't I haven't included a Peloton blog in forever. Yeah, but um I really liked this one because so many of us look up to the instructors and we like really appreciate what they have to say and it motivates us. And uh, so Alex Toussaint and Callie Gulickson they put together like what keeps them moving on days when it feels good and days when it doesn't. Now I realize that there's a whole lot of people out there that like. It's just their job, and that's kind of the way that people think about it. But it's different when you're on. And I say that as a person who we do this podcast once a week, and it's a tiny fraction yeah. of what these instructors go through. Like, it's just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit. But there are so many days. Like, there are days that, like, no matter how much I love Peloton or how much I love the the listeners, I'm not feeling it. And it's hard to push through. It is. So I really appreciate seeing in print, here's what the instructors do. And I thought I thought I would share that because I think a lot... A lot of people out there can relate to that. A lot of people have jobs where they're on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, Marie Claire has a review of the eight best treadmills for home. And of course, the Peloton tread made the list. Yeah, so did Echelon, though. So oh. hopefully but, it was uh, at least number eight. <laughs> no, it's already up there. I think oh. you zoomed past it. There it is. They were above Peloton. I don't know that. They I don't were. think this is a ranking. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I scroll down. I want to see what the cons were. I can't remember what they said. Just a little bit. If you aren't into classes, this treadmill not be, may not be worth the investment because it's kind of worthless. You can only do the just run. That's yeah. It. So, no, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. that's fair. If you don't yeah. like the content, then yeah. yeah, just get a regular old boring treadmill and you'll be fine. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of treadmills that are going to do the job. Man, oh man, do you love your AG1? I really do. You do. It's a wonderful tasting drink, and it also makes me feel good. Like, it's a great way to start the day. Uh, you know, I grew up, my dad always had things like tomato juice first thing in the right. morning. I feel like AG1 is my tomato juice. <laughs> <laughs> this generation's V8. Yes, I, I do. Uh, but I love the way it makes me feel. It's like I get all of my vitamins, and I'm ready for the day just with a drink. And like I said, it's a good tasting drink. Drink. And it can help replace your, your multivitamin just by drinking an AG1 every day. Yes. And not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. It also has vitamin C and zinc to support my immune health. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year support supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash clip out. That's drinkag1.com slash clip out. Check it out. Clip out. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Angelo from MetPro here to answer some uh, nutrition questions for people. 
Hey. hey guys, thanks for having me back. Well, we're glad to have you back. Uh, we have some clip out members that need you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so we had two members kind of reach out with the same issue. Ashley Washington and Billy Lenore both are struggling okay. with consistency and discipline. Uh, <laughs> I hear from Billy, he says, story of my life. And Ashley says she does good for a few days and then she falls off the wagon. Help. Okay. So Ashley and Billy, you are normal. <laughs> that is what everybody deals with that. So um, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> we'll see you next week. That's where that goes you forgot to throw in and it depends. Yeah. And we're done. <laughs> and it depends. No, so a, a little bit of background info, though, but this is actually a very relevant conversation at MetPro. We uh, help uh, create custom strategies for people based on meeting them where they're at. And here's part of that determination process. Most people lose weight, burn fat, have more energy when they consistently follow any clean eating routine, especially right out of the gate the first few days. The challenge is they struggle to do so consistently. That's one bucket. Now, another bucket is okay, I'm already, within reason, eating clean. I'm already exercising regularly and my body simply isn't adapting or moving or progressing any further from where I'm at now. That's a different scenario. So we call that metabolic because what we actually have to do is help somebody redirect their metabolism, rev their metabolic rate to change how their body's functioning at that point in time. When somebody is simply struggling to be consistent with food, that I'm going to tell you the trick. It's going to surprise you. It's not what you think. It's not going to be take more vitamin X, Y, Z. <laughs> it's about speed. I know that may seem like, what? Mm. Why would you say speed? I'm like, so, so what, like the kind you buy from a biker? <laughs> not, different conversation, like, Tom. Different <laughs> sort of advice are we giving? <laughs> what is this? Where is this going? Yeah. A better word would actually be brevity. Okay. So oh, when, a few, you have, <laughs> when you have the strategies that enable you to prepare meals or have a routine in place that's consistent and quick, you're going to do great. Your, uh, your frequency, your regularity, your habits, your consistency, all of those things, momentum, inertia is going to carry you in the right direction. The problem is a lot of people tell me, well, I'm supposed to do food prepping. Well, I've never done this before. I don't know how to prepare, you know, three days worth of a snack. And I don't know what I should eat. And I went to the grocery store and this was half of my afternoon. If that's been your experience, that's normal also. But it shouldn't stay that way. You should have it down to minutes to where, you know, now it's literally a 20 minute project and you've got multiple days dialed in with at least snacks, maybe lunches, etc. And it's quick. But most people don't know those lifestyle techniques. So what I recommend, and this is what I'll recommend for you, Ashley, and for you, Billy, if you're listening, the first thing I want you to do is get a routine of consistency with breakfast and an afternoon snack. 
If you do just that one thing, you'll have created a disruptive behavior in your daily schedule that will work for the positive. Breakfast, you have a leg up on because typically most people wake up and are at home. If you wake up and you don't know where you're at, well, that's a different conversation altogether. (laughs) Most people are already at home when they get up. And so all you have to do is have the grocery shopping done and healthy ingredients in your house. Most people can do that. The second thing is going to be preparing an afternoon snack, because if you get an afternoon snack, then what's going to happen is you're not going to make it all the way from waking up to mid afternoon. So you're going to eat. You have breakfast. You'll have lunch. You won't eat overeat at lunch, whatever you choose, because you have a healthy snack already set up, ready to go. And if you get it middle of the afternoon, it's going to stabilize your blood sugar. It's going to curb cravings. Statistically, if you look back over 30 days, I promise you your average dinner composition, how much you eat and what choices you make will have improved just by consistently getting a healthy afternoon snack. Don't overthink it. Get a balanced macronutrient snack, maybe fruit, nuts, things along those lines where you're getting a little protein, a little bit of carbohydrates. Just pick something you like that travels well, that's convenient to make, and add that into your routine. What you'll find is that will dovetail into all different aspects of making better choices, more consistency, better discipline throughout your day overall. I think that'll really help. It is good to have that stuff at the ready. Like I was racing home to do this interview and it was time for my snack. And so like I it was in my little cooler as I'm driving, I'm reaching over, grabbing my half an ounce of beef jerky and <laughs> eating a rice yeah. cake, which is now I'm yeah. probably wearing the rice cake because they're so crumbly. It, it's it like blends in with your hoodie. It's okay. <laughs> I think rice cakes are made out of male egos. They just, they just crumble when you touch them. Like... That was the best one yet. Uh, we've been doing these conversations for a while. That one was officially my favorite. But I, but I got my snack in. So that's I haven't gotten mine in me. yet. <laughs> Crystal, but you're see, you're at home, so you can do this. That's you true. have access to the food. Yes, a lot of people are a little. Um, it can be overwhelmed by the concept of food prepping because they envision, you know, because we all have that buddy that goes to the gym and maybe he's a, a physique or fit figure competitor and that, you know, someone like that. And they have, you know, all their glass jars and meal one, two, three and all labeled. Don't start there. Start with literally brown paper sacking a simple snack. Make several at a time. Start simple. What you'll find is it'll get easier and easier and all other meals around it will naturally be better and better choices because we become a function of our environment. In other words, if I ask someone who's trying to be healthy, what would you rather, this healthy grilled chicken salad for lunch or do you want this greasy cheeseburger for lunch? Well, when given the choice, sometimes maybe willpower is a little lacking. The cheeseburger gets the best of you. I get it. Oh, yeah. That cheeseburger's yeah. going down. <laughs> but a lot of times someone will pick a good choice. But life doesn't give you those options. It's you can have this cheeseburger. It'll be ready in 45 seconds and cost you a nickel. <laughs> or 
you can drive home, put on your apron and start chopping vegetables. Now, which one do you choose? Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm getting a note from our legal department and they're saying avoid hamburgers that cost a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's true. not cow. Not cow. Not a cow. So uh aside from beef recommendations, if people want advice from MedPro where where can they find you? <laughs> they can go to metpro.co slash TCO. Thanks, awesome. guys. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Instructors in the news. So it was reported this week that Jen Sherman got the Rona. She did. She did. Uh, she did a um, Instagram like story and she said that she was out of her house for the first time today and um, that she just had the sniffles. She's doing well um, and uh, excited to announce that she is going to be back on the bike on Thursday evening. So awesome. That is great news. Yeah. Glad to have her back. And I'm so glad she's doing OK. Absolutely. And it sounds like that's what Brian, my son, experienced as well with his COVID over the that's last what I week had was too. Just the sniffles. It was if he hadn't tested positive we wouldn't have even made the list of things to worry about nah just assumed it was a mild cold cold. yeah so like you said earlier thank goodness for being vaxxed and boosterfied yes some good exposure for adrian williams this week it's an interesting turn of phrase exposure oh because it's a shower (laughs) thing i didn't even read the rest of the headline because you know how much i pay attention but uh uh but yeah he was featured in people magazine he was unfortunately a lot of people are mad at him now uh and it's hard to be mad at adrian williams i mean he's so funny and sweet and uh okay so here's the the controversy he he meditates in the shower and i guess he lays down in the shower and like just like gets really absorbed in that meditation yeah and um so people who who are in areas where there are droughts are a little frustrated with Adrian for this major waste of resources. So, I mean, so if he took a shorter shower, would they ship the water to the areas where there are droughts? It's just the point that they have to take five minute showers and he's there laying in his for God knows how long. I mean, I guess I just, I mean, there are places in the world that don't have power. I enjoy watching television. That's certainly true, Nobody's like, how rude of you to enjoy watching television. That takes electric. Like, I mean, like, I I get it. If he's in an area where there is a drought, right, and there's limited resources and he's watering his lawn, like those people are D-bags and like, I totally get it. I think they felt like he was not sending a good message in that he's kind of like a person who sets the stage for other people and then he's he's showing this and so maybe people that live in those areas might say oh well if it's okay for him it's okay for me i i don't know i'm just telling you what they said i'm yeah i get i just like man at some point there's so many corners to see around i just don't know how realistic it is to be able to do that you know uh well, you can at me. I'll ignore you. <laughs> they won't at you. They'll at me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll don't. Ign- I'll ignore you on her behalf. <laughs> and then uh, also Yahoo featured a Kindle tool. This was originally in women's health. I just wanted to call that oh, out okay. because uh, I saw it a few times this week. So gotcha. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. 
yeah, so Kendall was in there and she was talking about her favorite foods and like how you can uh, use them for self-care. Her body reacted badly to ingredients like gluten and dairy and soy and yeast and all kinds of things. So she had to clean it up and figure out what worked for her and what didn't. And it even affected like her mental health. So it's in it's something that is very near and dear to her. It's very important that people know that and that foods can affect your well-being on a lot of levels. Shape.com uh, sat down with Tune Day. Yeah. And um, she provided confidence tips. And I'm laughing because like, who else should you get confidence tips from? <laughs> I mean, this lady, this lady exudes confidence on any on every In level. In an appropriate manner. Yes, she right? does. Like, it's easy for confidence to, to tip over into cockiness. And she does not do she that. She does not do that. She doesn't. I mean, I use the example of when she cut her hair. Like, she mm-hmm. was scared of doing that for a really long time. And then one day she was like, I'm tired of... I'm tired of that being a thing. Yeah. So, uh, and we need to point out this is by Michelle K. Michelle K. Michelle K. is at it again. Back to shape. Back, Back to shape, Michelle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great article, and I I so adore Tune Day. I loved seeing her featured here, and she has fabulous tips for confidence. We can all learn from her. So, Robin has a master class on the uh, app slash website master class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this premiered last year. Okay, I, I thought you, we had talked yeah. about this for a while, but that there's a contest going on if, associated with it. There is, yeah, and you can enter now, and one winner is going to get coached by Robin in a 60-minute virtual one-on-one coaching session, so worth it right there. Yeah. Uh, and she's going to help you develop a personalized plan to accomplish your goals this year. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> also, there is a wellness kit, uh, hand-picked selection of Robin's favorite products. So we've got Hyper Ices, Hyper Volt Go and Core Meditation Trainer. So you share your goals and uh, you have to be a masterclass subscriber uh, and you do these things and boom, you can be part of this. You could be a winner. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're already a winner. Oh, thanks. Honey. But you could be an extra winner. You could be a masterclass for Robin winner. I know I didn't say that well, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Emma Lovewell is going to be on or will have already been on live with Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, she was super excited about it, posted it in her story. And uh, she actually posted this morning 15 minutes before she was going live. And she ah. was nervous because it was in her house and like, eek. And she uh, her, she has a cat and the um, they had done the rehearsal just before she went live. And she was like, and the cat totally bombed her thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get to watch the, the full thing. I hope her cat did not bomb. But if it did, I'm sure that uh, the cat was adorable. And they identified her as a fitfluencer. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Nothing about Peloton, a fitfluencer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting as well. I think it's because that was just their thing, their theme for the week. I noticed on Ah. Thursday they have another fitfluencer and they probably don't want to like name one company over another. Gotcha. Just a guess. So Logan Aldridge has been uh, in the studio rehearsing. Yeah, so it's going to be very soon that he is teaching classes live. Uh, but today he was there and uh, Bex ran into him and Jess Sims in the green room and they took a selfie together. And by the way, Bex just cut her hair and she added bangs and she looks freaking amazing. <laughs> yes, that's news. <laughs> so this is going to be really exciting to see uh, Logan Aldridge teaching classes. I'm excited. Tom. Yes. Would you like to know what my favorite thing is about the Sonos Room? I would. I love the way it fills up the basement with sound. It, it is, sounds so good. 
It is kind of like how is one thing making all this noise? How how is it possible that it like looks the size of like a, a soda can cylinder and it sounds like like a huge home stereo right. coming out of that thing and you can just pick it up and take it anywhere? I'm I'm very impressed. Very impressed. It's ultra portable smart speaker that allows you to bring the Sonos experience everywhere you go. Rome weighs less than a pound and its premium durable design makes it perfect for the home and on the go. When you're home, it connects to your Wi-Fi network and the rest of your Sonos system and then automatically pairs with your phone on Bluetooth when you're on the go. So you get a seamless experience. It is Easy to use. The best. So if you would like to learn more, go to Sonos.com and learn all about it. In case you missed it. So you got new shoes, <laughs> but you got the new Peloton shoes. I did. And I got the new cycling shoes. You know, I talked last week about how I wanted to get them because uh, the white ones, they just they're they're not the most attractive. And I've had them for a very long time. I was nervous because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, my God, these things are so narrow. They don't stay on your heel. Yada, yada, yada. I don't know if they took the feedback that they got from people and they corrected it or if I just happened to have the right size feet. I don't know. Yeah. But I did not experience anything with them being too narrow. They uh, they felt a little bit snug on the outer edges of my feet. But after I had them on for about five minutes, I didn't even notice it. And uh, as I was riding, I was perfectly comfortable. I didn't experience any numbness. But my favorite part about them was how soft they were. And I don't know how to explain it. They just felt so light and easy on my feet. Hmm. They weren't as clunky as the other ones. I really thought they were comfortable. I was very impressed and surprised after some of the negative things that I'd heard. Well, that's great. Yeah. And then also... Kristen McGee did an IG live with Chef Ming Tsai. I guess I hope I'm saying that right. I, I think that you are. And uh, yes, they actually cooked together and uh, they had a whole thing that it was like a cooking demo. You could get the recipe and you could cook along with them. I thought it was really cool. Andy Spear and Rebecca Kennedy are switching places. <laughs> they are. And uh, they were excited about it. They posted on their stories, which they post a lot of stories together. So I guess that's not really that shocking. But uh, <laughs> they are switching places. So normally Rebecca does a Friday 45 at 10 a.m. And Andy does the Sunday sizzle at 1030 a.m. And they switched. Oh, yeah. It's a freaky Friday, but on a Sunday mm-hmm. also. Yes, exactly. It's a like freaky. a freaky weekend. Yeah, I know. I've seen that one. <laughs> on Red Tube. Did you oh, watch that too? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, what's Red Tube? Oh, well, I'm not going to explain it to you now. <laughs> I love the fact that you could. <laughs> and then if you want to know more about running, if you're a beginning runner, then you need to check out IG Live because Matt Wilpers and Jess Sims and. Kirsten Ferguson have tips for you. They do. Yeah, this went live on. You were skeptical that I, I was going to get all those names right. I was, but then I realized it, she's tagged in it. And it says Kirsten Ferguson yeah. right there. So I guess <laughs> it's not that impressive. But uh, <laughs> for a moment, you were impressed. I was. With me. I was. Cooler, was heads pre- cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this went live. They they went live together on Tuesday and I got to watch a little bit of it. And uh, there are some amazing tips about like things like every beginner does. Like, don't go out too hard. Like, do not like Just Sims always says no, no ego, amigo. But like, right. but like really starting way easier than you think. 
And also something that most runners are guilty of, not every run needs to be a hard run. Not every run should be a hard run and uh, how you can kind of put your schedule together. And so all three of them are on the schedule this year. They've kind of Peloton has put into place like there's going to be a certain boot camp in place every day. There's going to or every week. There's going to be a beginner class. There's going to be an endurance class. They've done this so on purpose to kind of build it up for people who are new to running so you know that you can expect these things. So it's some excellent tips. If you are new to running, I highly suggest you go check it out if you missed it live. You know, I was also thinking, so keep your ego in check. Don't go at it too hard. These are also things learned in the aforementioned film Freaky Weekend. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. stay hydrated. Yeah. It works on both levels. It does. <laughs> Peloton birthdays. And finally, a happy birthday to Ben Aldis, who is celebrating on January 22nd. Yeah. Happy birthday, Ben. It just it, I mean, this year has gone by so fast. It honestly feels like we just told him happy birthday. I can remember having can this conversation you? last year. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. It goes by fast. He's growing up. <laughs> Checking in with the Peloton community. So joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube, it's Jim McCaffrey. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Hey, guys, how you doing? We're good. I always start these with finding out where people originally found out about Peloton, like how you heard about Peloton and how you got in the Peloton world. So I'm right. curious to start there. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. My wife and I, we always joke. We have all these different inroads where people start with small talk and it gets to real talk real fast with us. You know, uh, and unfortunately, I learned about Peloton while we were living in the city, while my daughter was actually in treatment for her childhood cancer. We had to get creative with the ways that her and I stayed fit, you know, because exercise is a very important thing to me. Um, it's very important to her. You know, when you go through struggle, you, you got to ch- still find a way to do it. So one of the things that we did was, you know, there some of the different places we stayed had gyms and they had bikes that we could ride in there. And we just started hearing the buzz around New York about Peloton. So fortunately for us, somebody very nice bought us a bike, which kind of was inroad in because people do nice things for people who are struggling. And yeah, uh, once the bike was delivered to our house, uh, once we were able to come back home, you know, I started riding and, you know, it's, it's a fun, great community to get involved in. So it's been quite a road. It sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So then I, last year, for people who are hearing this interview last year, Andrea, she did this like amazing ride where she rode 24 hours straight uh, to raise money for infinite love for kids. And you are the VP of infinite love for kids. So for people who may not have heard of it, this is their first introduction. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I mean, the event is a, was something that we had kind of come up with. We were looking for creative ways to raise money in virtual environments. You know, one of our biggest fundraisers that we usually had was a gala, you know, in-person sit down, give people open bar, have a good time, you know, <laughs> raffle off a whole bunch of stuff that people want and you make a lot of money, right? It sounds um, like it's positively from another era at this I, point, I know, right? right? You might as well be the great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> So we were sitting there, we're like, well, why don't we just ride a bike for 24 hours? I, <laughs> I mean, really, we were just looking for creative ways to, to try to engage our audience and try to continue to inspire people. So, you know, that's really where it started. And, and for it, people it, who may not be familiar, so Infinite Love for Kids raises money for kids that have childhood cancer, right? And so 
And that goes towards research, I believe, and also helping the families themselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have a kind of a dual purpose. Obviously, raising funds for cancer research in children is something that uh, is very important to us. And anyone who gets involved in that community knows that, you know, only 4% of the national budget for research for all cancers goes to childhood cancer. So for us, we wanted to bridge that gap and do what we could to fund to fund research. So that's our primary mission. And then, you know, a good percentage of our funds go towards that that we raise annually. And then we also help families in need, you know, whether it's to help offset the financial burden by paying some bills or, you know, whether it's doing something nice for the family by building like a ridiculous treehouse or something for them. You know, we we do what we can to to just to help people and and personalize because honestly, that's, that's how I got to know Anch. I got to know her because my daughter was diagnosed and, you know, she brought us in and, you know, gave my daughter some amazing experiences. And then, you know, we just knew we had to give back from there. And that's awesome that you went from like, oh, I'll give back to like, I'm VP. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was one of those things. It's uh, you get moved by something and it took me a little while to get involved. And she, Anj and I are like, I don't know. I was, I view her as like an older sister. You know, she's somebody who just reminds me of my family. You know, I have two sisters. I really look up to my older sister and I completely and thoroughly respect my younger sister and all that she does and, and how strong women both of them are. And a great, I guess, uh, like a great fusion of the qualities that I respect most in them. So it was an easy thing for me to get involved in. And, uh, you know, she likes my energy and, we were a good team together. So, well, if you want to keep working with her, you might want to just start calling her sister instead of older sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of what we do. We bust us at the shops. So okay. yeah, from <laughs> Massachusetts, you know, we didn't have a lot of love for New Jersey. So that's one of our nice little things to get about as well. So. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Now, I heard that you're planning to join her this year on the ride. When is the ride, first of all? I think we're we're kicking ourselves off on uh, January 29th. So it's a Saturday uh, in the morning. And uh, our first ride, we aim for the nine o'clock ride. So whenever, you know, Peloton doesn't release their schedules, you know, too far in advance. So we'll find whatever that 9 a.m. live ride is on Saturday. We'll go after the instructor on social media, let them know what we're doing and (laughs) try to flood that ride with as many people that want to get involved as possible, you know, so you can sign up to do the 30 minute class with us or 45 minute class, whatever it ends up being at nine and uh, send out a handle for everybody to put on their leaderboard. And, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll do what we can to, you know, enjoy the sub community that happens with Peloton ride and that'll kick off our ride. And then, you know, my crazy idea I think is to keep myself engaged and I'm not going for, for big output numbers, but I'm going to try to do every live ride that day, just being them all, uh, you know, just to keep myself entertained and, and going. So what are you going to do out- in between there? I mean, there's not 24 hours of content for anybody who's new to Peloton. So, so what are you going to do know, the rest so of the hours? I'll, I definitely have, and I'm looking for suggestions from people too, but you know, I'll ride, do some encore rides. Some of my favorite ones that are out there, you know, like I like all the rock rides. Those are is where I go. So, you know, anything that I can, just kind of put the earbuds in and listen to some music and go from there. I'll do. And then, you know, Anja and I are going to try to to do like Facebook live together yeah. uh, while we're doing it. We tried to do one recently on Facebook and failed miserably with me <laughs> and Connecticut and her in New Jersey, but we're going to try to do that together. So, you know, I'll probably throw a scenic ride on while I'm doing that, you know, be able to interact as we go. So, yeah. Wow. 
So since you're doing this for a second year, I'm assuming it worked well for you last year. How, well, how did it? Wait, did you write? I thought you didn't write I the last event year in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The event was a, was a whopping success. I mean, it was one of these things where, you know, you go in with goals and, you know, initially the event was going to be, we were going to tag team. She was going to do 12 hours and I was going to do 12 hours and we're going to kind of relay it all the way out. And we had the event scheduled for early December. I'm going to mix my years up now, but whatever that, you know, I think it was 2019 or 2020 at that time. Unfortunately, right at the rate, like two weeks before the event, I was diagnosed with stage one adenocarcinoma and I have to have uh, lung surgery. So (laughs) I, which happened on December 1st. And again, we can go into that a little bit, unpack that whole, you know, (laughs) intro to the story, but it was something I knew I wasn't going to be able to do 12 hours of ride. So I mean, Anja's an inspiration, man. She just said, you know what? I'm going to do all 24. I said, you're crazy. Uh, and, uh, she did it and like completely inspired me uh, while doing it. And, uh, you know, it, it was amazing. So I actually did get to be a part of it. I did the, the 9 a.m. live ride with everybody. That's um, fantastic. It was, it was, felt good to be at least a little bit of a part of it. And then, you know, went on with the rest of my day and kept checking in on her. So, so yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, you were diagnosed with what now? What does that mean to the average person? Yes, translate that lung to people. Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had lung cancer. So oh. I had a tumor on the upper part of my right lung. So you have five different, man, not, they're not valves, but five different parts of your lung. Three on your right side, two on your, your left. And it was on, the tumor was on, on my, right, my right lung on the lobe. So I found this mainly because I have a syndrome called Lee-Fraumini syndrome which we learned about through genetic testing after my daughter's diagnosis. And, you know, so my daughter was diagnosed in 2016. She had a form of cancer called rhabdomyosarcoma. Okay. And uh, Mia had a, a courageous battle. And, you know, I, I say it all the time, whenever I do any interview, that my baby girl beat cancer every single day. And it just unfortunately took her, you know, 364 days after she was diagnosed. And, you know, it was tough, obviously, you know, tough's the wrong word. I mean, an English teacher here and, you know, <laughs> To put words to the loss and grief you feel from losing a child is impossible. We have a, a son, James, who was you know 20 months younger than her. And we were approached by Dr. Walsh at Memorial Sloan Kettering. He's a geneticist. And he just advised, he's like, listen, you know, you guys should do some genetic testing and see, try to get to the why. Because when you're, when you're in childhood cancer and you're, you see your child battling, like, like it's funny to me because like in life, why is like the most important question I have, like in teaching everything I do. Like I have a strategy for teaching this book. Well, why do I want to do that? How is this helping kids? You know, when it, when it came to that, like, why was the last thing we were worried about at that time? We were like, what can we do to combat this head on and try to figure out, you know, how we can try to beat this, you know? So we eventually started asking why, and we found out that a lot of this had to do with this syndrome. It's a genetic mutation. It's chromosomal that, you know, puts me at a higher risk of getting cancer. And then I had a 50-50 chance of passing it on to my children, the same chromosomal mutation. You know, through a lot of different genetic research, as we went back, you know, through my family and tried to paint a picture, I was an anomaly. It's not present in any of my family. And it's just something that was, you know, happened during conception. And uh, you can't control it. It's not something that you normally test for. You know, there's like, this isn't something that during one of my physicals when I was a kid, they would have been able to see. Right. And there are people that could be walking around with this right now that don't know they have it, you know? So that's the, 
the fortunate end of this is that my my little girl has helped to, you know, help my life, you know. And again, as a parent, I wish the opposite, but you know, also as a parent, I have a, a son who's two years old now that we've we had after after me and we were able to take the steps that we, we knew we could take through science to ensure that I didn't pass that gene on to him. So, you know, it's a lot to unpack. I know our stories yeah. are complex. We're on chapter two, but you know, it's something that I feel really fortunate to know that I go through scans all the time, once a year to make sure that this, this is something that we're getting early and we were able to stage one adenoid carcinoma. I didn't need any radiation. I didn't need any chemotherapy. They just had to take one fifth of my lung. So, <sighs> so wow. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's and again, like you said, with choosing the right words, it's weird to say like with a smile on your face. Oh, they just took one fifth of my lung. Yeah, like, yeah. Phew, you know, but yeah, I mean, it certainly could be a, a lot worse, I suppose. So, how does that work for you moving forward? Is it like when you say it increases your risk of cancer? Is it like a specific type of cancer, or could it be anything? I mean, I, I literally this morning just read a finding from, so there's the Lee from any syndrome society, you know, there's like that spreads awareness and things like that. There's, there's a recent report that came out about it, you know, having a higher risk for more invasive prostate cancers. One, you know, lung is the other one. And uh, the issue with it is that it's hard to have baseline statistics on something that people aren't regularly getting evaluated. For, sure. You know? sure. So you have to kind of temper the numbers that you hear. Because it could drive you crazy, right? right? To sit there and say to yourself, like, what does higher risk mean? You know, and again, baseline statistics, one in three people, humans will get cancer, you know? So it's like, well, <laughs> how do you then take that number and apply it to somebody who's at a higher risk? So in the end, what it does for me, though, medically, is it, you know, as being a fully insured individual, my insured, like through my genetic testing, because I have this these scans are funded, you know, I'm able to go in and get these regular scans without it completely destroying my bank account, you know, and then it's something that we do kind of keep close to the chest, but it, it's one of those things, you know, my son, James, who was born after Mia, he has the chromosome mutation as well. So we definitely didn't do great with our statistics, you know, uh, going in, but, you know, he goes through regular testing as well. And he's been clear so far, you know, like my first scans produced baseline things that they were following, you know, like I had had my thyroid removed because there was something on that and that was right away. And then the lung was was something that followed. So, you know, again, you say like, I'm lucky, you know, and I'm I'm lucky to have an amazing team of doctors and like an even more amazing family. Like my my wife and I have been through so much together and we we go we go right after it, you know and she is a tremendous support system for me and you know doing what we can wow yeah that's i mean that's that's a lot it is you know it's, I mean? it's humbling to hear you know it's like you've just taken it all in stride and whenever you break it down and it's just kind of like a minute and a half that you explain all that but like i know that that was a long time of you processing like that's over years of processing so I can't imagine like my brain is still trying to catch up with everything that you just said that's happened. And it's, that's a lot. That is a lot. Tough. You know, like I'm still broke, you know, like I'm still, still somebody who feels like, again, talking to my wife this past weekend, we were at a wedding, you know, I'm a little bit of a good time, you know, and sometimes when you're introducing a couple of depressants into your life, it triggers something, you know, so Absolutely. there was tough moments that we go through. I'm not always composed and, you know, and, and able to, to talk about it without getting caught up in it all. But, 
that said, I, I try to look at it with relativity, you know, like I am, I'm an endurance athlete. I love, like I've, I've run 15 marathons, you know, like I'm somebody who's a, I'm a runner. I, I coach running here at the high school that I teach at. And, you know, I competed in the New York city marathon this past November, not even 12 months after lung surgery, you know? Wow. So wow. again, like that's, that's not just like inner determination and strength. That's like respecting the power of science, doing what you can to build yourself back up and then having an incredible team to support you and having, having community with you, you know, like that's what it's all about, you know? So yeah. <laughs> and so, here I'm going to ride for 24 hours. So yeah, gonna... <laughs> You're so, like Superman, man. <laughs> how long did it take after your surgery before you felt like you could get back to, you could use your lungs again, and running yeah. and, you know? So again, we'll go into chapter three now, you know, <laughs> two days in the, I was in the, so I was at, I did my surgery at Sloan and on day three, I tested positive for COVID. Of oh my goodness! <laughs> so I mean, I'm not. La- I mean, laughing at just like the, the like you just keep getting slammed with yeah. like crisis after crisis. So let's just say, so that's December third at that time when we find out that that happens. You know, again, my wife and I are both teachers. You know, my son's in an elementary school. The hospital as clean as it can be. You know, you, yeah. you never know. And you're watching um, the news. You're like, they're like, oh, you're like 10 days away from the vaccine. And yeah. 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 Uh. But again, so it was hard to kind of sort out some of the symptoms that I was having that were connected to recovering from lung surgery and also having COVID, you know, and uh, let's put it this way. So this, that's December 3rd, uh, December 26th. I went for my uh, first run. So uh, for, wow. uh, coming home from the hospital, we have a treadmill down in our basement right next to our, our Peloton like the first walk I tried to go on since it was, you know, I'm in quarantine and, you know, it's winter. I just decided to walk on the treadmill down there. It was a 20 minute pace for me to do half a mile. So that was early on. And then within two weeks, I'm out there pushing myself. Now I'm, I'm not the athlete I was. And again, we all set standards for ourselves as athletes. And that's what I love about Peloton actually is like, you can set your own goals. You can, you have your own outputs that you're aiming for. And yeah, some people are impressed by what you're able to do, but again, you're able to set your own goals based off of that, you know, and running's the same thing for me as well. You know, I was able to compete in the marathon and I did it in three hours, just over three hours and 30 minutes. And like my personal record going into that was 251, you know, so. I like- couldn't complete a marathon in three hours <laughs> if somebody were going to give me a six billion dollars at the end. I could not do it. So I couldn't watch a marathon in that amount of time. (laughs) So again, like these are the things that you have to look at with relativity. You have to appreciate what your body's able to continue to do and just, you know, enjoy it as much as you can stay in the moment. As I, I I think I said that to myself, you know, over 1500 times while I was running, like, because I kept getting like caught up in it all. Like when you do anything for a long time, like what you think about in your mind is really important, you know, like, because if you start getting lost in something, it can trigger you to to lose pace or to like to go into a dark place. Like, and you just have to have a mantra that you keep coming back to stay radiant, relax, enjoy what, what you're looking at. And that's what I kept telling myself and, you know, work. So going to have to summons a little bit of that, I think, uh, going into this 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Are you going to have like, you know, she had a support team last year. Are you going to have a support team this year? Are you going to have like people bringing you like 
I mean, I remember her daughter brought her like those things to put on her legs when her knees were hurting and stuff. Do you have plans? Are you have a I mean, backup? I certainly have a great support team around me. Again, I've always taught how amazing my wife is. And, uh, you know, uh, there's been within every marathon that I've run, you know, she's been with me, you know, um, and I have a distinct memory of an experience with her in every one of them. Aww. You know, I tell her now, I'm like, listen, I'm going to have to do a little, little bit more, like, <laughs> You know, my, I'm sure my son James will get involved. He's nine years old. He'll be down there. As long, of course, he's going to be like, as long as I sit and play Fortnite while you're doing it. So he'll go on some gaming marathon while yeah. I'm riding the bike. But uh, I smell yeah. a new fundraiser. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have a support team there. And, uh, you know, it's just I'm still. And again, this is where I, I'm going to throw this out on Facebook at some point here. Still trying to figure out like where I want to do this because my basement is not as attractive as uh, Anja's side room. Uh-oh. She had a house, and you know as beautiful as my open floor plan is in my our house that we have here. And, you know, again, my wife and I were humble. We're both teachers. You know, Fairfield County, richest county in in Connecticut. You know, so I would disrupt the flow of my entire household if I rode where I where that is. So I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do, like where I'm going to set my bike up and do it all. But, you know, I I will have some support with me. Well, there's a lot of Connecticut writers, I know for a fact. So I'm sure some of the listeners might be able to help you. Some people on Facebook can help you out because there's a lot of people that have spaces and have resources. So I'd entertain it. I'd entertain anybody. But again, when you do something for 24 hours, I'd love to meet some new people. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <man. laughs> I'm alone during this interview, guys. So like, it's nice to talk to, to people and get to know them. And again, I have no problem. <laughs> so given that, I mean, besides giving you a place to trying to find you a place to do your, your bike ride, how else can the Peloton community help out? You know, like what can we do? What things can we do? I mean, first of all, we'd love you to get involved and ride, you know, yeah. so, you know, you can register for us. I mean, again, we can put all the information wherever this is like a link, you yes. know, needs to be somewhere. But if you Google now, Infinite Love Pedal, we're one of the first hits that come up. So uh, you can register through our bike sign up page and you can register two ways. You can do the individual ride, which is just sign up and ride for, you know, one class with us, two class, whatever you want to do. Or you can sign on and be one of our 24-hour riders too. Again, we, we're closing that registration earlier because we don't want people to decide on a whim to do it because Makes you really, sense. you know, as somebody who's, who does endurance stuff, you know, you can mess up a month of your life after if you decide to just do this without too much preparation or thinking. But yeah, and we welcome people to join up. You could even join the 24-hour club and do it as kind of a design your own relay too. You know, there's not going to be really an option for that in sign up, but like you could do it and get a whole crew together and do it that way, you know? So yeah, I mean, beyond that, do that individual ride and get on that first class that we have. And then, you know, once you, you can follow us on Facebook, infinite love for kids and for kids fighting cancer on Facebook, and we'll advertise what class we're going to do it in as soon as we know. Okay. And at that point you can start like hitting social media, like at 9am and tag whatever instructor it is. And See if we can get a shout out, you know, because those shout outs are precious. And just by saying somebody's name or doing, you know, that that's really what we're aiming to do. And then obviously, you know, these bikes aren't cheap. You know, the annual fees to be on one of these bikes isn't cheap. But, you know, we'd love for that community to get involved and donate, donate to the cause and try. I mean, our aim is to raise $100,000 this year. Wow. You know? um, and I think we can do it. And if we do that, that's 
two fully funded research grants. You know, wow. that's that's amazing. That's what we want to do. So, yeah, that's incredible. That is awesome. So is Andrea going to write it all again this year or is she going to pass that mantle to you because, of course, her advanced age? <laughs> uh, well, uh, her age has nothing to do with how bonkers she is. So she's definitely doing it again. So and, you know, it wasn't even a question. So when we said we were doing the event again, she's like, I'm riding for 24 hours. And I'm like, well, I guess I have to ride for 24 hours. You I know? mean, and, yeah. <laughs> how, how would that make you look if you didn't? Right. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm definitely doing it. She 100% was on board again, and she's even recruited somebody. And I, I wish I had her, that person's name in front of me. It's one of Anja's friends that's doing it. And, you know, so we already have a third person involved in this whole madness. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun and painful, you know, emotional and, and, you know, one of those things that I'm sure Anja she always has a way of surprising me. I'm sure there's something else that she's going to throw at me too while we're on the bus, especially if we haven't gotten to the goal by the end. So, you know, who knows what she'll pull off at the end. Wow. So have you been training? Have you been getting yeah. prepared for this? So, yeah. So one of the big things that I do with running and it's, I'm what we call a streak runner, not in fact that I do it without my clothes on. Good to it's know. uh yeah. I guess that's one way to hit that goal down the stretch, right? That's true. Yeah. um, I coach uh, high school uh, track and field and and cross country here. And I coach a girls team. And one of the things they always joke with me about is I say a run doesn't count unless it's three miles. So I I run three miles every day. And then I'm going to start ramping up the Peloton intensity over the course of the next, like starting next week, I'll do at least three classes a day. And I'm going to be aiming for high output on each of them just to try to like help get the legs, like get moving, you know, and then I'll just keep the running going too. So definitely more of a runner than a rider, but I definitely have a lot of respect for the Peloton and use it, use it a lot. So, so yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. This is going to be exciting. Maybe you should just run for 24 hours. You do the tread. She does the the bike. No, no that is definitely in that's going to happen at some point <laughs> in my life. I will be on a track somewhere for 24 straight hours I picture like bands playing in the middle, you know, all that stuff. They got to get you pumped, maybe, man. And then maybe one section of it, we can combine it. We can add like the kids gaming in the middle too oh, as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's going to be huge. <laughs> I just can't imagine being on your feet for 24 hours. No, no, that's, we're, that's a lot. We're crazy. You know? yeah. <laughs> You're dedicated and passionate. Yeah. <laughs> It's a thin line sometimes. It is. So. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a preferred instructor? So I've always liked Jen Sherman. I always rode, did all her rides. Given your love of rock music, that makes sense. Yeah, rock music. And then like, for some reason, every time, like the output she was trying to get out of us at the cadence that she was telling us with the the adjustments was always exact for me. It was exactly what what I was always looking for. And that was always a big thing with the ride. So yeah, I'll be hitting some Jen rides while I'm out there. Awesome. Awesome. And then Jess King knows how to kick your ass too. So like, you know, you never know. Maybe we'll throw one of those in. You will have plenty of time. That's true. I feel like, like you, you could have... hit all of the instructors like multiple times in 24 Maybe hours. Maybe that's another goal. I'm, I'm looking for some things to do. So open to suggestions and we'll definitely do it. And again, if there's rides that, you know, people like throw them out to me and I'll definitely hop on and give me a high five and maybe I'll get some kind of sign up genie going with classes and people can sign up and join me for a ride. So. Oh, I love that. That'd be great. That'd be great. So since you're teach people how to run and you're a big Peloton, or do you have any advice for people that are just now entering the world of Peloton, whether it be with a bike or a tread? 
Yeah, I, I think it almost speaks to exactly what I just said. Like, definitely number one, start with like the beginner rides, like get used to, you know, manipulating everything and, and using the bike properly. Do make sure you have the fit right and all that stuff. But beyond just that as a starting point, it's all about starting slow and setting up little like stops for yourself throughout. So week one, what was I able to do during a 30 minute ride? Okay. Then next week I'm going to do all these other rides, but I'm going to revisit that 30 minute ride again and see if my outputs are similar. And, and just trying to find that instructor that, you know, really you feel like speaks to you, you know, like I think when it comes to motivating anybody to do anything, if you're looking for an antagonist, you're looking for somebody to like to yell at you, you know, there's an instructor out there for you. If you're looking for somebody to show you some empathy and build you up as you go, there's an instructor out there for you. You know, like just don't judge the bike by just one ride. You're going to find your groove and you're going to find somebody, you know, an instructor in there who you really like. And, yes. you know, yes. I feel the same way about running on the roads, you know, like if you judge running by one three mile run that you do, go find a flatter route and maybe <laughs> go run by the beach. You know, it's a lot nicer there. So, so yeah. <laughs> If only. It's not really an option yeah, in St. Louis. No. But, uh, it sounds beautiful, though. Yeah. <laughs> St. Louis has got a lot of great places. I was out there for a convention for, they do uh, the NCTE. It's a national English teachers convention there. And I got to go out there. St. Louis is a nice place to run around. You know, you just got to make sure you run in the right place. Yeah, you yeah. have to run because a lot of times you're being chased. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> That's why I'm so tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it shows, Tom. It yeah. shows. <laughs> that was my impression. <laughs> I don't think he meant that. No, I don't. it would be weird if he did. <laughs> He'd have very be a very bad judge of character if he meant that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. And before we let you go, just remind everybody where they can find you if you would like to be found, and of course where they can find your charity and, and sign up for your event if they would like to do that as well. Right. So my leaderboard name is Make It Amazing which is named after my daughter, Mia, M-I-A. And Make It Amazing is what we try to do every day. It's what motivates me every day. So follow me on the leaderboard there. You can also find the Infinite Love Pedalthon. You can find that by following us on Facebook, Infinite Love for Kids Fighting Cancer. You can visit us on the internet, infiniteloveforkidsfightingcancer.org. And there you'll be able to see our events and everything that we do and hopefully get involved. And we'll get some people out there on the bike having a good time. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. And we'll be cheering for you guys. And I'm sure I'll do at least one ride, maybe more. I'm not going to do 24 hours. I'll tell you <laughs> that right well, now. I won't hold you to 24 hours, but I'll look for you. So. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there. I will be there. <laughs> much for having me, you know, and then allow me to share my story with you, you know, page by page. And it was great chatting with you guys. You too. Likewise. And you take care. And uh, I hope that this coming year is a little bit easier on you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, you take care. We'll talk to you later. So Bye. Bye-bye. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? We are going to have the creator of the Pelotinos group, Victor Cornejo, on. And I am so excited about our chat with him. 
Awesome. So until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. And they can find me on Instagram, Twitter, the bike, and of course, the tread at Cliff Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online at facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, wherever you're getting your podcast from, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep peddling. And running.